Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this episode number 424 of the Material Podcast. I just realized that I'm using my It's Quarter to Midnight voice because it is quarter to midnight here in the East Coast. Hope that the Mr. Sandman is accompanying you to Dreamland. But before he does, hope you get to listen to this the next coming hour of Google News, Information, Speculation, Analysis, and Good Old Fashioned Chat. And with me, as always, is Florence Ryan. Hi, Florence. How are you doing? Hi, Andy. How are you? I don't know if I have access to my my voice right now um, because it's not 9, 9 p.m. yet. And usually I really get sleepy like 1210 is like my. I know I told you I was going to be going to bed early, you know, that I was going to be one of those early. And I was in the wintertime, but then the summer comes and the sun goes down like it's still not down. I could still see it over there hitting yeah. the horizon. So, well, I see I, I've been trying. I screwed up last night. Like I, I went to bed. Did at, you stay up? I went to bed at like 910 this morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, this and morning? Yeah, I know. I shouldn't have. But it, it's it was archive.org. OK, <laughs> sometimes it, I just get this bug in my ear to just like start doing like another deep dive in archive.org. And because recently, like this year, I, I realized that the reason why the stuff you find you find on uh, archive.org with little effort is the stuff you would expect to find like oh good it's a demonstration film from 1904 with no sound oh hey look wonder what kind of what kind of music they have okay yeah it's like really really like uh, like racist minstrel numbers off of a wax cylinder that you can barely okay whatever okay well i'm, I'm still I'm, I'm glad it exists but there are the thing is there are techniques and you learn start to learn that it's not as though like the good stuff is hidden it's just that it's there's nobody it, with no commercial interest in driving and user engagement there's no way there's no active process for making sure that oh wow look this cool thing that, that just got put on archive or that's been around for five years that's no one found, no one's found yet there's no editorializing to really exactly. help, there's, help there's, you there's no discover con- there's no concierge process we could use a yeah. concierge and for that reason like it's not only like the delight of finding something wonderful but also like the sense of achievement that uh, that it's that uh, of being it be of playing that game and you finally like managed to 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 get, make it past that boss, or you managed to like get the babblefish. It's like the fact that you managed to solve this problem. And I mean, uh, so I, I did write down for the purpose of making an excuse. I, I, I let me mention that I did get like six to eight hours of sleep after that. So I did sleep until like three or four in the afternoon and managed to get in like a very very a, a complete <laughs> a complete day's work that ended only like three minutes before we started going uh, tonight. Uh, but it's like, okay, first of all, uh, uh, someone who someone who has like a really nicely navigated archive of Bob and Ray radio shows. And okay. Bob and Ray, one of the, they were a New England-based like radio comedian, a pair of radio comedians of the kind where either you will totally get it, their sense of humor, and it's like okay. the funniest thing ever, and there's nothing like them anywhere. Or you're like, really, it's just, two guys talking about driving a truck under a bridge that was too low for the truck. So that what's, what's so funny about this? And I get that, but for those of us, and, and they were working for like 20, 30 years together. And so they're uh, uncensored Disney. Now this may, maybe this is not necessarily like legal totally, but I'm talking about like, like uh, Disney, there, there are some cartoons from like the 30s, 40s, 50s yes. that should not yes. be should not be for public distribution. Yes. Okay, yes. 
on the other hand, there are t- there are t- things there 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 are cartoons and stuff that you can actually see on uh, on the Disney uh, streaming channel, but they do these stupid things like uh, the, 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 they did a really funny like musical short about Pecos Bill, like the, the cowboy. And of okay. course, in the, when they made this short, like in the 1940s, it was an entire like kind of like Fantasia, just all like musical like numbers. Uh, of course, he's a he's a Texas cowboy, so he like he he's rolls his own tobacco and he smokes cigarettes. And of course, for the uh, for the the modern version, of course, they have to delete the cigarette. So he's basically puckering his lips for no reason. He's like flipping things in his hand where there's no nothing there. And there was there was also this other short uh, called "All the Cats Join In," this really good like jazzy like big band number, mm-hmm. beautiful animation too about kids like calling in the 1940s and their bobby soccer socks and their and their their jalopies you know, going to the picking up pick up all their friends and going to the malt shop and dancing like like crazy and admittedly uh given that these are all teenagers uh, there is a, a teenage girl who again is like just lounging around in the living room like with her little sister gets the call hey we're all meeting the malt shop so she jumps in the shower changes something nice and like gets picked up uh, in the car outside there is maybe a little bit of side boob, not not the sort of thing where you'd say, "Oh wow, look, we're looking at teenage girls." Mm. Like, in a, but it's like, mm-hmm. okay, it's technically there. So mm. these these are the sort of things. Like, okay, well, we I'm glad that at least like they're preserved in their original state, like on again paralegally, so that at least they they still exist. Now, the uh, I. Uh, there's also oh some some per, I'll, I, I will wrap this up, but this is I'm just trying to convey the sort of stuff that you get rewarded with if you stay up until nine a.m. looking just looking through directories. Uh, someone who they explained they used to work at Kmart in like the eighties and nineties, and they used to get like new cassettes of like in store for the in store like announcements in store right. music, and so they were supposed to return them to like corporate headquarters, but he would just like pocket like the old one and take it home. So he posted like months and months and months of Kmart cassettes. And they're great because, like, they didn't want to pay licensing for any actual music. So there's, oh no, it's oh my god, there's a so it's there's like really so, bad. It's Ooh. no, no, it's great. It's so bad. It's like, and you're like, that's not Madonna, but they're trying to be Madonna. Is it? But are they doing a Madonna song? No, they wrote a song that sounds kind of like Madonna yeah. song. They hired someone, yeah, <laughs> and then like after three minutes, like. Hey, shoppers, remember that roll of film you shot at the cookout last month that's been in your purse all this time? Why don't you take that out of your purse and go to the film department? So uh, this this Thursday is like the monthly like summer like food truck night in the neighborhood. Like Mm -hmm. my my touristy. I'm thinking of just putting one of these tapes on for the speakers and putting them like outside the outside the window so that I just want to confuse hundreds and hundreds of like out of town strangers oh who God. thought, yeah, no, no. Remember we used to dance. This is a, this is a, this is a B 52 songs. It doesn't sound like a B 52. song. no, no, no. It's gotta be a B 52 song. And then someone has talked to you about how, Hey, do you sure you have enough potato chips for the barbecue? Better stock up and make sure because they're 29 cents off that the, I, I did. I did call something out just before the show. Just for you, there are some people who are thank these. They, these are the real heroes. These are the real archivists. Okay, they are trying to preserve film strips. Were, were you? Were you? Are you old enough that you had any film strips in school? 
Yes. Right. So this is, it was, even when I've, I've got some years on you. And even when I was in school in the eighties and like as a little kid in the seventies, they were like, wow, why did we spend so much money on film strips? This is like, Mm -hmm. because again, you don't have the, you can't just to, to show like an educational presentation where you don't necessarily want to wheel a projector uh, into the, into the room, or more likely you just want to keep this kid busy in the library and so you, it's just a, a roll of like color 35 millimeter slide film mm-hmm. on a strip of plastic. Uh, if you got the really fancy player, there was like the player uh, had a little tiny projector and it was about the size of a shoebox. Also had a cassette inside it and it would go beep and would automatically either it would either cue you to turn to the next slide or it would automatically chunk to the next slide. Mm-hmm. And there's and there are some topics that. I'm I'm just not going to I'm I've just put this into Slack. I'm about to click send. Okay. I, I want to you ready? Here okay, go. go ahead. This, this was a topic that some school pay many schools paid money for because children needed to be educated on this pressing global issue. <laughs> Far away eating? <laughs> okay, okay. Ground- the image says ground beef. Passport to far away eating, and it's got a picture of a globe. Should make you it does. Uh, make you know that this is this is part of geopolitics. Ground beef, but the it's more on you the Americas. Gr- understand I have to ground say. beef, you will understand the world. The, the 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 mad dictator who controls ground beef, who is mad, it's like the Ark of the Covenant, is what gar- ground beef is. And so that's that, my friend, is why I was up until like nine. Did you look? Did morning. you did you find out what that is for? I did click through. Okay. <laughs> it starts off with you get the history of ground beef. <laughs> the, oh, the first, the, there's okay. I found the internet. Okay, I found the internet archive. Oh, okay. When the, when the first burger was made, and here here's how you prepare ground beef, and here's how different cultures around the world use ground beef, <laughs> and here's how economical it is, and how it helps to feed the hungry. Like, wow. That's so how many, how many book, how many like really bad, like third grade science reports were written about ground beef based on this. Hamburger is a favorite USA way with ground beef. I need to save this image. This is incredible. This is going in a discord after we're done. After we're done here with the podcast, I'm going to go (laughs) over to discords. Our American version made its debut at this. Oh, okay. I, I, and you know what? I, I have never really we we haven't had merch in like a long long time we had like one run of (laughs) t-shirts and stickers early on i kind of want to i kind of want to offer this as a sticker only because i want to if there's a minimum order of a hundred i want to like have like a bunch of these stickers all right we will we will put put in the show notes this into the doc you you will you will see it we will we will consider this (laughs) it was maybe (laughs) maybe next time we have like a fundraising campaign (laughs) or we're trying to we're trying to like increase membership. We will say we have a limited number of ground beef passport to far away eating stickers, <laughs> t-shirts, and blazer badges. And trying uh, to put that into the doc, I ruined the formatting. Which I got to tell you, folks, ruining the formatting is like it's just so it's, beautiful. It's a cardinal it? sin. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a this, it's a this, sin, and I'm is, so sorry about this that. This is Google Docs. This is fine. Um, but but about me. So I'll, so you know that I'm not I'm not doing well on my on my. Fortunately, I have, I have tomorrow morning off. I'm I'm planning on going to bed on a good time tonight. I will get up at eight eight hours later than that. It will be it will be fine. So, but but how are you doing? 
I'm okay. Listen, you should not feel bad about the Internet Archive thing because I did the exact same thing while I was on leave, which is that I purposefully put on my zombie act so that I could get out of bathing the child so that I could continue going down on an archive hole. Okay. <laughs> One night I went down and I I was looking at um, anime periodicals that were like, that were published during the time when I would have been to anime. So like I kind of <laughs> lost touch with anime after a certain generation. So all the new stuff that's out right now, I have, like I kind of know about like was it One Punch Man and heard of what him. you know all the yeah see see guys I don't know I don't there's, I don't know like, any there's like every I've been looking at pictures of like the Boston of a uh, uh, Fan Expo Boston mm-hmm. and just like the, just like the other conventions there are people run, running around with like chainsaws on their heads like or like their their heads are chainsaws and it is some sort of some sort of gaming or anime sort of thing and I am delighted and confused by that I love it. You kids with the flare trousers and the anime, you go. So, like, it's just because I haven't been in in the headspace to really take an anime. It has nothing to do with anime as it is. But, you know, so I was just going and looking at, like, anime articles from 97 through 2000. Okay? So that's when I would have been into anime. And um, while I was doing that, I found this article about Sailor Moon because I think during this time, Cartoon Network brought Sailor Moon back, yes, to uh, Toonami, which was the afternoon like anime lineup right. that they had for after school. And this is some real millennial nostalgia, by the way, that I'm, <laughs> I'm putting out here on the podcast right now. Um, and uh, the article was written by a dude. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember back in the day when I was reading magazines, this is why I wanted to get into magazines, just so I could dump these fools off the masthead and put yeah. my name in there instead. Um, it does, it which, does. by the way, I just have to add that I ended up, I did end up fulfilling that, by the way, which is I did have my name in PC Gamer, which is Excellent. like a big thing I, for me. I, I didn't want to interrupt. I just wanted to ask because you would, you would know because mm-hmm. I, I was only, I was only observing this from the outside. It occurred to me that like Sailor Moon is such an interesting set of characters, an interesting cartoon because at the same time, it can be empowering and inspiring and fulfilling for girls who are watching this anime, whereas rude boys would react to this and be even ruder. Am I am I somewhere on the mark in terms of how the what the conversations were like back then? Um, I don't know if the boys even knew about it because honestly, oh, Sailor Moon was such a secret among girls. It Very was such wise. a girl thing, and the boys that did know about it were hiding their femininity to be quite frank i mean sincerely right sincerely because you know uh, there's a lot of uh queer characters in sailor moon that were actually they were taken out in the american like dubbing of it when they were showing it on cartoon network but the real girls who were on the who had internet like early 90s which Yes, I had that privilege. You know, I knew what they were showing in Japan and I knew that Uranus and Neptune were actually like partners and that it was a very beautiful thing. And I also knew that the Sailor Starlights were actually trans or rather they would. Anyway, it was I was introduced to all that stuff at a very young age, which I'm sure says a lot about my generation. But the point I was trying to make is that this man inserted himself into a conversation that was privately between girls of a certain 
millennial age. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like this was a thing we all shared with each other and we had fun playing with each other, you know, and it was like, oh my God, do you love Sailor Moon? Blah, blah, blah. And this man is spouting off some, I don't even know what it was because I, I didn't prepare for us to have this conversation, but I'll tell you that it bothered me so much that the rabbit hole was me going down Google to find everything this man had ever written. <laughs> I was just like, who is this mofo? I apologize. Yes. I do want to say the real word, but I'm not going to. Because <laughs> I want to make my point that this man bothered me. And it turns out he turned he turned out to be like this sci-fi author who actually had some pretty well-selling books on Amazon, at least, according to the Amazon charts. Um, but it turns out that he did his career writing freelance for a bunch of like nerd and tech magazines in the late 90s. And, you know, it's just... It's just funny when I stumble upon somebody with like the parallel career to me mm-hmm. because the whole reason I wanted to do this job in the first place was re- revenge. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So. Well, I, I get as as a fan of your work, I'm That's what glad happens that- to me on ar- archive.org. <laughs> revenge is a dish best served with an Oxford comma. And no dangling antecedents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, I actually have a, another question that I need to ask Andy, but we're going to save that for our members only segment, which happens after this <laughs> podcast is finished recording. For our members only, of course. So if Excellent. you'd like to inquire about that, you can go to relayedoff.fm slash material, or you can go to relay.fm slash membership sign up for a membership <laughs> yes that again that's that's in in these in this in this unprecedented international macroeconomic situation uh, we're, we're all facing headwinds and so <laughs> we're, we're extra grateful for members and and again as, uh, but we'll the, make it worth it we, we'll we it see worth, a lot okay. of stuff behind the paywall that we do not say on the free feed exactly let's be let's be honest I mean, if we if and and if we were if we were uh, more on the ball, we would have basically made the ground beef passport far away eating uh, screen grab uh, like a, a, a members only thing. But that would be wrong because it is on the Internet Archive It's available for everybody in principle. Yeah, See, we're principled. That's why you support us. And that's why we love you. Yeah. That you that but you what, what I'm going to ask you afterward is very special. So, um, you know, if you want to unlock that, you just go pay <laughs> minimum whatever you can. And, you know, excellent. I don't think yeah. I'm. A, I, I'll sign up for membership right now to make sure that I get to answer those questions because now, now I'm yes. very, my, very, very. Make sure your intrigued. money goes back to you, Andy. Exactly. It's 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 <laughs> what what is it that Apple? I think that that's the same thing that Apple calls the the <laughs> Irish double bluff or something that the EU is now Apple trying calls to. Calls it that? I don't know. There's there's every, every the, the the only thing I like about all the dodges that trillion dollar companies use to make sure they don't pay any taxes like at least they come up with interesting oh, names oh, for oh it. yeah that one that one yes 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 <laughs> yes yes it turns, it turns out that all their all their debt goes to a pastry company that just makes the icing for the pastry because in the eu icing is non-taxable for some reason who knows <laughs> uh 
Okay, but let's let's get on with the show. Uh, we got a, a fun show, not a whole lot. Of, I'm sorry, that's a great metaphor for the EU. Thank you very, yes, thank continue you our show. There's a, there's a there's a bunch of nice little little uh, topics this week. Uh, it's uh, time to update the old Google federal lawsuit scoreboard as both sides, both the federal government and Google, managed to put up some some strong numbers last week. So we'll be talking about that. Uh, Google also continues to fail to read the room on AI generated content, and Google has is making an offer to lure its workers back to campus uh, to work to pays tribute to the Eagles Hotel California. They're basically telling their employees that you can check into the campus to work anytime you like, but you can never really leave, can you? And you will find the answers to that enigma and many others after this message. We all do it. Take pictures at special events, even every day. Then slip the film into our pockets or purses or something and forget about it. Well, this is the time to remember it and head down the aisle to the Kmart Photo Center, where you'll find quality film developing at a nice Kmart price. Plus, get bonus points every time you get your film developed. In fact, once you get eight bonus point stickers, you'll get a roll of film developed at no charge. So while you're here, bring us your film. And before you know it, you will have wonderful pictures to enjoy. Shoppers, spring will be here before you know it. So stop by our shoe department for the best values on women's canvas casual shoes. You'll find Oxfords, Step-Ins, and more great fashion styles in a large selection of colors. With so many to choose from, you'll want a pair for every outfit. And at great Kmart prices, you can afford the style and selection you want. Shop Kmart and save. Actually, that now this was not planned. This is how well that we put things into sync. That we're always working. 
Flo and I on making the show better, making the content flow. I'm not no no. I'm not going to ask to delete that because I would rather live with the embarrassment. At least though. you didn't call me fluorescent. There was a kid in fourth grade who did that, and I I felt very demeaned ever since. Ooh, get, at, at that age, because my tell- last name's Ion. It was just like yeah. He was trying to show how smart he was. I got it. I, yeah. I got what he was trying to do, even in fourth grade. But it's, I'm, I'm not going to. It's too early to go off on a wild tangent. But I'm saying that although there were people who were who were legitimate jerks to me in in like junior high and whatever mm-hmm. there are time there are with the with the perspective of an adult i can realize that oh they were really trying to be friends but they were like 10 or 11 years old and they didn't realize that something could be interpreted multiple ways that okay i'm not gonna if i were ever to be so stupid as to go back to a high school reunion i will no longer treat this person as though like do you know how much money i've spent in therapy to <laughs> anyway <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Okay, so Google Google is working together with Universal Music. Of course, the, the two big behemoths that probably should be sued out of existence for antitrust because they have way too much control and they pay way too little money back to people who actually create and work and live and suffer and do for our society. But I'm sure they're partnering together to do something that we will all approve of, that nobody can take offense of, and that will certainly be elevating humanity to a higher and more conjectured Release? No, of course not. Uh, so the Financial Times is reporting that Google is in talks with Universal Music over brand new generative AI products, and this does like hook into what I was talking about about those Kmart uh, <laughs> in, store, in store music tapes. So, like again, and you uh, as as you likely heard uh, over during the break, they wanted they they didn't want to pay Madonna. <laughs> they certainly didn't want to pay some the pay the licensing fees for Madonna's music and even hire like a, a sound alike to do that. So basically they in using 80s technology, they had to hire someone to write a song that kind of sounded like a Madonna song and then hire someone who kind of sounded like Madonna to sing it. Mm-hmm. Now, what the financial what the, the Financial Times is has gotten into is that Google apparently is trying to look into actually creating an AI that could do that <laughs> algorithmically. Uh, they're in talks mm. with Universal Music uh, to uh, that would allow Google to license Universal artists' voices and songs for tools that would deep fake those performances or uh, deep fake the voices or match those voices to different pre recorded songs or rhythms. Like you, you've, I'm, I'm sure because you've been on the on the internet you've heard been forced to hear been withered soul wise by hearing like johnny cash singing i'm a barbie girl uh in the style of Folsom Folsom prison blues uh and you know what it, it sounds a lot like jo- uh, johnny cash it sounds a lot like the Folsom uh, prison blues uh track but of course it's i'm a barbie girl instead so the idea and the thing is but it's incredible it's so good. And it went viral on TikTok. So a lot of people were just making these yeah. fantastic, uh, you know, creative reels about Barbie and using that as the background. And, yeah, and I'm, you know, yes, it's creepy. And, you know, I'm sure when we start talking about the other deep fake deceased voices that they want to use, I'm going to feel a little differently. Yeah. But see, I, I, this is this is why I'm a. I'm I'm glad that we can talk about this from the point of view of at least Google realizes that you have to license this stuff. You have to make sure that if someone in a world in which Google has a tool that makes it that makes it easy, yeah. the Johnny Cash estate not only gives permission for this to happen, but also makes money off of 
the circuit, the creation and circulation of this thing that whoever wrote Folsom prison blues also will either sign off on it. The representative sign off and they get royalties off of that. Right. Okay. So, and this is all of course, very interesting because of what's going on right now in the entertainment business with the the writers and the actors. That's that's, that's why, that's why I had to call out that. Wow. What a bad time for, (laughs) for them to be pursuing this and for this kind of news to get out. I mean, yeah, bad, but also we were kind of headed this way anyway, because first it started with AI art and everybody was freaking out about that. And so eventually it was going to come for this as well. And so now is the time where we really have to have this conversation as a society and ask ourselves what we want from it. And I do agree with you that we have to figure out how to get royalties from this stuff to there, to to the people whose likeness is being used for this, because... It's you're using the it's just a reminder of how you are owned as an artist. If you are a musician or let's say an actor or even a writer in in some cases, right? Like you're owned by whatever entity is willing to put money behind you and behind your projects and behind marketing you. And that includes even after your death, which wow existential conversation here is just <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean but it, it's it it's one of those what i love about technology year after year decade after decade is that it often forces us as a society to ponder questions that f- for the entirety of human existence was were completely irrelevant and not even worth talking mm. about and now it's forcing us to ask what is the ineffable quality of creative output that if I do, uh, if, um, if I want to, if, if I, if I just, if yeah, I don't, I don't know how to, again, it's an, an ineffable quality. The fact that someone spent that, uh, Johnny Cash spent a lifetime developing that voice and that kind of mm-hmm. presentation, um, what is the value not of a specific recording of his voice, not even necessarily of something that specifically tries to mimic his voice. But if I'm using that voice to train an artificial intelligence so that as I'm singing, I can, I want to add a filter. Like I want to give this sort of a Johnny cash sort of twang to it. Like, you know how we, you know, I want to be able to tell the AI, you know how we used to have this sort of rumble where if, a, if a, at this line that ends in a sort of a long consonant, I want you mm-hmm. to give it a kind of Johnny cash rumble mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the result will not sound like Johnny cash. Someone would in a different decade would say, wow, he's really in influ- You can tell he's a Johnny cash fan, but it was actually the AI that in that put that sort of Johnny cash twang to it. What is the value of that part of the education of the AI and how do we quantify it so that we can actually honor and reward the person who contributed to that AI? Or is it not something of value in and of itself? I I mean, I think it's, I think it's valuable, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's hard. Like, a uh, I the reason the reason why I'm such a big PG Woodhouse fan was because as a kid I was a huge Douglas Adams fan. And okay. once you and once you're a Douglas you start off as a Douglas Adams fan and then you realize that oh I can totally see how strongly he was I can totally see how strongly he was influenced by Douglas uh, by by PG Woodhouse. The way that PG Woodhouse would put together a simile the, the way that he, the music the rhythm of a paragraph that PG Woodhouse would come across. And again, previously, we would simply say, well, you're you're 
the price that you pay as an author is that if you push this too hard, people will say, oh, well, he's just ripping off P.G. Woodhouse. And P.G. Woodhouse, if he were still if he had been still alive, wouldn't be able to sue. But at least they was, well, you're not you're not an original voice at all. You're just doing a pastiche of this other person. Now we're in a position where I uh, where a company like Google can create a commercial product that can create a, an author's voice that's influenced by that. So on that basis. Now are we are do I have to does that AI have to pay off the the, the PG Woodhouse estate and would that even, would that only come into play if I specifically asked that large language model I want you to take this thing I wrote and kind of rewrite it in the style of PG Woodhouse like if I specifically say call upon this I this intellectual property this style do I now have to pay him or if I just <sighs> simply say uh, it's it's tough I'm so overwhelmed by what you're saying because I'm just. Because it just, it makes, uh, because if I were to be a true cynic, I would say it's futile to make art (laughs) because somebody would just ask, okay, well, that's, how's that relevant unless I can capitalize it? Right. You know, and, and this is what that would essentially establish because then you would have to think about, okay, well, how, how do I have to think about the rights of my creativity? And also, oh my God, what a way to stifle your creativity thinking about like how the robot is going to link you to another style. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's... But that's, but that, that, that opens up another part of history where the history of people who create, people who write, people who sing, people who act, whatever, is... We tend to we tend to be the ones who say those things like, well, how can I put a value on this? This is an ineffable mm-hmm. quality. Whereas the people who are trying to still, I'm I'm I could be the person in the recording studio like in 1910 getting like five dollars to record uh, like 18 different songs that I grew up with, saying, well, you know, these belong to everybody. I, you know, I can't I can't be paid for like each one of these songs. That would be unethical. Whereas the person behind the booth in the necktie and the nice in the eighty dollar hat is nodding and adjusting and saying, "Oh, great! So we'll we'll be making a ten thousand dollars off of this track and eighty thousand dollars off of this track, and we'll make sure that I own the." It's you know that's why it gets hard. And the and the other the other thing is that th- I mean, there is a sort of an, an inevitability to this because people are going to do this. This is uh, this is one of the most fascinating parts of uh, everyone. If you're if you're afraid of getting old. Certainly afraid of getting as old as I am. But one of the great, one of the things that makes it great is that after you stop giving a damn about no longer being young, and hopefully that happens to you sometime in your 30s, if not earlier, the sooner the better. But once you get past that, it is wonderful to be able to have so much life experience that you can see how generations change and it's this this is not condescending in the least i'm being sincere about this it intrigues me that part of how uh, partly millennials but certainly generation z how they communicate with each other is through memes through i have we have this cultural touchstone that we all understand together and so i can and, and so uh, if i cite this thing that we've both experienced i can incite the same emotion in you that I felt when we both saw the scene in this, in this movie or this TV scene, or when we played this part of this game. And as a result, their relationship with commercial media is that it is meant to be mashed up. It is meant to be, I, I meant to, I'm, there's nothing wrong. There's uh, to take the baseline from this popular, this legendary song and to create new music on top of it. That's there's, it's not, uh, it's not plagiarism. It's, it's about vanilla ice. 
I try not to talk about Vanilla Ice. Um, I, but like there was a there was a time when uh, I didn't I did not know that uh, uh, Gangster's Paradise was based off uh, off of the uh, the uh, the rhythm track of a Stevie Wonder song because I had not. Oh, I, I, I thought that you were deep... referencing the Vanilla Ice uh, David Bowie under uh, pressure. Situation. Well, no, of course, that's, yeah, yeah. That, I mean that that too. I mean that's a, <laughs> the. I mean there was there was a, when 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 uh, sampling started to become a thing. Of course, the 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 joke was, "Wow, I'm really impressed with you, Tweedy. You managed to create a really a, an amazing international hit song using only starting as your starting point an existing international hit song. Well done." But yeah, it's but that's it's as when it turns out that this is not just a flash in the pan sort of thing, this is not, you, you understand more that this is not, Hey, I'm going to steal this. This is based in a culture that started in the seventies of I'm a DJ. I've got two. I I understand that if I have two turntables, I can be mixing beats from one by repeat looping this beat to the rhythm of something else (sighs) and creating, using that beat. And it's like beautiful, beautiful house music. Yeah. You know, and so that's that's why, like, I have to apply that kind of perspective when I'm looking at sort of this. There, yeah, there, there's a lot of me that's like, oh my god, is it really, I, is 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 this really going to be the sort of thing where we feel as though, oh yes, I can certainly, I, I can create new Johnny Cash recordings, not like, not, and I'm not even talking about these funny, oh look, it's Johnny Cash singing Barbie Girl. It's like, well, I wrote this kind of like Johnny Cash sort of song. I'd love to have Johnny Cash singing it. I bet I can get a lot more play for this song that I wrote. Oh no, that's, if I have Johnny Cash singing it, that's why. Why would I not like have Johnny Cash singing this song? Uh, I mean, remember that the earlier this year, uh, Drake and the Weekend. There's a track that was making huge, 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 huge like play on on you know. It's. I can't it's talk about how I feel about them on our podcast because we tried to keep this family friendly. Um, not a fan, so I True. don't feel bad for them. Well, just, uh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but I do have to say that the idea of being a participant or like paying for an album that is new music using the likeness of an artist deeply disturbs me. Like, let's say 20 years from now, they decide to take all of Lady Gaga's discographies, right? And give me something new to experience in my 50s. Like, that would be weird. I I would rather experience what is new at the time and enjoy what I have memories with than have something new that is a weird digital collage of something. Like keep the collage in your binder at home. It doesn't need to like doesn't need to show up in my playlist. Yeah. It's it's weird though. I mean, one of the um I'm trying to I'm trying to find the name of it. Uh, okay, I'm not. I'm not going to bring the. I'm not going to. We should be moving on anyway. So I'm not going to. But there's a there is a mashup artist that came up uh, that I came across in the early 2000s. That is. Oh yeah, girl talk. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, girl, girl, girl talk is one of them. Think about a different article. I, I do know. I I still have a couple of those tracks like in the in my regular playlist. Um, I have to let you know that I was absolutely anti mashups at that time in the 2000s because there was a big thing from us like uh, EDM people. We were like no mashups, <laughs> but um, you know mashups have been around since like the late 1800s. Yeah, <laughs> sincerely. <laughs> but there's so uh, uh, there's a and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on my plexer. Well, I'm also thinking so, about so, how, like, just to, just so I can bring this up. Yeah. Uh, but go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say, I'm just thinking about how after Michael Jackson passed, didn't they like release some song with him where it wasn't a finished song? So what they did is had other artists sing on it. I think I'm remembering that correctly. Um, I just remember it was something really weird that they tried to concoct together to basically sell albums and say that it has something new on it, you know, and I fear like Prince's estate would probably do something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to find it, but, okay. uh, so, but there's, uh, I'll try to find it. If I find it, I will give it to you and you can put it in the show notes. Uh, okay. but yeah, it was a mashup of, uh, watching the detectives, and wrapped around my finger by the police. And mm. it was just such a perfect melding of those two songs. It wasn't like uh, Girl Talk is wonderful because it is like the best DJ in the world, just effortlessly transitioning one song into the other, into the other. But for only minutes. enough to not get in trouble. Right, cause... right. And it's and it's, <laughs> it's wonderful. And they and they really did create something that was uh, that that was unique and uh and transformative there's a uh, uh I, I swear to god i will move on i'm sorry but uh like in copyright law there are four there are four basic categories that will that will that justify fair use and if you if you quote stole unquote like someone else's song but basically the argument that you and your lawyer will make and that the judge will consider will will fall into one or more of these four categories, one of which is, is it a transformative? Did you do something transformative to it? Like, did you do, does this, does this work that you quote created unquote perform an action or do something that the original did not? And so this is why a song like that can maybe get slide by. It's not just off that one thing, but, um, but in, in, in terms of being uh, someone who enjoys music, that's why some of these mashup songs really get to me because they put these two tones together and these two feelings together in a way that to produce an entirely new experience for me. It's not just, oh, look, someone found out that the Gilligan's Island song, the uh, music from the Gilligan's Island song fits this uh, this old poem. Hey, yay. It's like, no, it's something that I appreciate just in, in and of itself. So that's that's mm -hmm. why. I'm I'm looking at this deal that uh, this and uh, by the way the Financial Times piece mentioned that this is early days they're they're in early talks with it uh, so it's not as though they have a product ready to go and they're just getting people to sign on board right now so for all we know this is just something that they they don't even want to move forward with it unless they of course and until they have these deals in place um, Google is in a good position to do this given that they already have relationships with uh, the music industry um, they found a, they found not the perfect solution to the problem of again people uh, on youtube saying hey i'm going to use this piece of copyrighted music with my video where it's kind of a bad thing if everything just has to be taken down or people have to be kicked off and punished so they basically created a deal that says okay we will buy a license for basically everything that you guys do if mm -hmm. someone uses that music illegally rather than take it down we have the that that that, per, that user will say well okay you can still have it but all the monetization and all the ad money will go to universal music or whatever and uh, supposedly the last number excuse me the financial times said that the last Last year, they paid out about $2.1 billion to the music industry for this. So at least the music industry has been shown that actually this can be a really good revenue stream. And I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll find out how this works out. I'm, my thought is that if it's going to happen anyway, and I'm pretty sure it's going to, let's at least put up an expectation uh, that, hey, yeah, we're going to make sure that these exactly. people uh, – and, and it's not – and maybe it's not just money. It's the ability to say – 
no, I, I do not want my voice to be used in this way. Uh, no, under no circumstances. And of course, but the music industry being the music industry, I'm sure that it'll be like on page 812 clause 4,000 says, and by the way, you're also kind of giving us all completely right to your music. Anyway, to your voice. Anyway. Uh, okay, so we got another story about uh, artificial intelligence, uh, AI-powered language models. It's actually the least impressive part of the entire story, though, uh, and I've, I'll, I think we'll whip through this because it's, again, we've, we had too much fun talking about the previous one. Uh, so Google has introduced or started talking about a new AI-powered code editor uh, that the they they put a post on the Google Developers blog, not on the main blog. And this mm-hmm. is not a product that they have released yet. This is something that they are explaining right now. And they it when you go to the project page, uh, you have an opportunity to sign up for it once it once it comes out. Uh, but they are talking about. I think I put I buried the lead here. The the purpose of this new code editing system is quote develop from anywhere on any device with the full fidelity of a local development environment. So uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, so it's called Project IDX, and the idea is that. Instead of like, if I want to write an iOS app or a Mac app, instead of having to down install like this seven ten gigabyte Xcode environment on my Mac and make sure that it's a Mac that's powerful enough to run oh, this environment, such a pain. yeah, exactly. Uh, it's entirely it's entirely hosted uh, as a virtual machine uh, on Google Cloud, so. Any Chromebook even uh, could be able, uh, any iPad or anything that can run a web browser would be able to run this development environment. It will essentially support any framework. At the start, it's going to support kind of some obvious frameworks for like multi-platform uh, multi-platform develop, develop, development like Flutter. So you could write an app. You can From my Google Chromebook, I could essentially write a Flutter app and then build it as a web app, build it as an iOS app, build it as an Android app, all with the same code base. And in the future, in the near future, they're also going to be expanding it for pretty – they said this, it's going to be an open-style framework so that any sort of uh, framework that you need to use, including native uh, native development, uh, will work, just could conceivably work. The kind of eye-opening thing is that initially that they're going to have support for like web apps and progressive web apps because, of course, that's going to be super easy. But they said that this web-based, this this, this cloud-based tool will be able to have, like most uh, device-specific uh, development environments have, you will have an Android emulator on it. You will have an iOS emulator on it. You will have a macOS emulator on it so that Again, you could have again tested out on on a fake iPhone or a fake iPad and and develop it that way. Uh, and if you want to, and if you want to uh, uh, release it as a web app on Firebase, click a button and it'll be released as a progressive web app, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, the AI part is that it's it's powered by Cody, Cody, hmm. who, which was not a puppet in Pee Wee's Playhouse. Rest in peace. Uh, uh, and it's based uh, based on uh, Google's uh, Palm two based artificial intelligence, uh, so that you will be it will be able to write code for you, and it supports Teams, supports everything. I, again, it's an interesting. I flagged it because it is super interesting. The idea of truly having a doesn't matter what you're developing for, what you're using, what language or framework you're using to develop with, uh, or where you're developing it from how many people you're developing this tool with uh, this app with and where they are located. As long as you've got a web browser, it will just work. Um, sounds interesting. Uh, and it's, they, on the blog post, they are positing it as something that the team that who, that's, that's, that's developing this thought a few months ago, gee, this would be a great idea. I bet we have the resources to do this. Let's try this. Now, if you're all excited about this, I'm about to ruin it. <laughs> because okay, go ahead. Google is describing project IDX as an, as a quote experiment. 
It's a, an experiment to improve full-stack multi-platform app development. So uh, <laughs> if you're thinking... I was going to say, what's the end goal of this, right? Yeah. There's always an end goal to these things. Uh, if if this were any other company or if this were Google 10 years ago, you would think that, well, they wouldn't be talking about this and trying to get developer input as they develop this unless this were like a serious thing. But that graveyard, <laughs> they, they, you know, they, they, they keep, they they keep uh, encroaching on additional properties, turning farmland into more graves graveland because, yeah, that they yeah. they have, a, they have hmm. commitment issues. Hmm. They they were they have commitment issues. But again, it's it's interesting. I, I did sign up to see if I <laughs> see if I could be uh, uh, become part of the early adopters for it. I like I have been I've actually been writing more mobile apps recently than uh, than I have previously. Because now I'm just trying to uh, now I'm just trying to write little tools that don't exist, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to before I'd be screwing around with something just to see how this new thing works, or having failed attempts at you know what there's no good text editor that works the way that I want. I'm going to develop my own text editor, and then like you get I get stalled after about a month, and there's well actually I could probably adapt my style to work with this one, and then of course three months later they update the app and wow this is ten times better than anything I could actually do. <laughs> <laughs> but but it would but it would be fun to like because most of the things that most of the things that I'm writing are things like there is a uh, uh, I'm sure that in every major city that has commuter rail like uh, has this has this sort of tribe of people with this shared experience where uh, at South Station the the term the the commuter rail terminus in Boston they don't pre-announce what track. The, a certain train is going to be leaving from. If, you're, if, if you want to get the Franklin, Providence, Stroton, Franklin, whatever, the 810, whatever, they will say, oh, it's supposed to be at 810, it's on time, but they won't tell you ahead of time until like 10 minutes before it takes, it, it leaves what the, what the track is. However, there are some hacks that you can do that will give you a really good idea with a good sense of accuracy, if not 100% of what track it will be. Because there is there are some like rail hobbyists who have who maintain this this uh, this uh, basic basically what happens is that you can you can go you can access this open open to everybody like air traffic control system for trains and see what train what not what train number like on the schedule it is but the the actual hardware the actual engine number is like seventeen o two. And then try to figure out by going through another sort of piece of information, matching, oh, okay, so 17, I don't know what track this train is going to be on, but I know that it's going to be train, it's going to be a train with the number 17.02 on the license plate or whatever. And then you simply walk into, you say, oh, there is a unannounced train that has some lights on it that a conductor just like walked with his, with his like backpack towards and... It's it's worth my while to board this train and hope that that's the one that's announced. So basically, awesome. trains are such a meme. It's just yeah, it's true. But <laughs> I mean, the only the only reason, and it doesn't really save you any time because I'm almost never like taking the train during rush hour. It's mostly because otherwise I'm just going to be standing like a stiff for like 15 minutes doing nothing. I may as well have like a puzzle to solve. So I'm writing. Yeah. So I've written like an app that will basically try to do all the JSONs and try to give me that anyway. So I mean, that's that's the sort of thing that would be fun to do with this sort of app. So fingers crossed that they don't cancel it before they actually release it. But we'll just find out. We uh, will. We're going to take another break, and then we're going to be talking about good news and bad news regarding uh, uh, Google and the Department of Justice. <laughs> so the good Lord provideth the good 
Lord taketh away. It's a, it's a character building thing. Wouldn't you agree, Flo? Hmm. Is that what we're saying about it? Yeah, I guess. I, I need God on my side this week, so I'm, yes. gonna, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm right. pandering, I know. Uh, but yeah, okay. in, ter- in terms of Google, so uh, now I assure you that Google is facing more than two serious legal cases against it in the upcoming weeks and months. Uh, but so there's some news on two of them. Uh, one big piece of good news they got versus uh, regarding uh, their search antitrust case. This is a uh, antitrust case that was filed by the Department of Justice and the Attorneys General from 38 different states. Uh, they were filing, filing this against Google in 2020. That's That suit has pretty much been consolidated into this one case. And of course, about uh, it's an antitrust issue about uh, Google abusing their power uh, as uh, of, uh, of an influence as the creators of Google Search. Uh, goes on trial next month, hooker by crook. So they got some good news. The judge has thrown out two really big chunks of the government's case. One of them was totally expected because... Uh, one of the parts of the, of the case that the government brought up was that, uh, of course, Google, as we know, is has been making deals with hardware makers and app developers uh, to make Google search uh, to to basically enhance and, and support Google search. Uh, the government dropped that part of the case itself. So the gov- so the judge has simply basically made that official. The other, but the big deal was the judge has thrown out a big part of the case that. Uh, that says that essentially uh, Google has been using its supremacy in Google search to uh, suppress al- alternative like search engines and uh, right, to right, suppress right. Yelp and things like that. Yes. Uh, now this, <laughs> and he says that uh, this was, th- he, uh, the, the judge, uh, judge Amit Mehta uh, threw this way the hell out. He found that the government's claims here, quote, relies not on evidence, but almost entirely on the opinion and speculation of its one expert, unquote. So yeah, that's gone. I don't, I didn't think that there, that was, and actually that was going to be the easiest thing for Google to defend anyway, because I mean, the numbers don't lie. I mean, when Google says that we are getting hit by people are searching the internet on TikTok, people are searching the internet on Amazon and on lots of other services that we can't control and it's affecting our bad budget. They, they've actually have the fact that they've had to mention this in quarterly earnings calls says that, yeah, this is a very real headwind for them. So that would, they could have made that claim go away pretty quickly anyway. Um, one thing, uh, they still have to defend themselves on basically how it locks down those exclusive deals with Apple and Firefox yes. and others Yeah, to make Google search the default engine on mobile browsers and exclude all the others. So, yeah, that's going to be harder to <laughs> that's, that's going to be harder to do because they can say, huh, how much how big was the check you wrote to Apple last year? How many billions of dollars? OK, well, can do you, do you think that Alta ask Jeeves can write a check that big? No. OK. Yeah. <laughs> Settle down. Let's get some sandwiches because this case is going forward. But that's also the one that's going to. I mean, it's already Android's already having to change around the world because of suits just like this, alleging that Google has, you know, a lot more power than it actually. Well, it does. I mean, yeah. What am I saying? It yep. has a lot of power. Ooh. See, yep. when I get tired, I start to think, you know, Google ain't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it's even even when you see the king of the jungle like being torn apart by hyenas, you know the king of the jungle. You know that Scar was okay, a jerk throughout Scar the entire movie. Deserved that exactly. Scar but you, was you not a good person. But you can't. You still, oh my god, I still don't want to see somebody torn ter- torn apart by. Well, even I have to be honest. There are some people that I would like to see. I don't. I'm not proud of that, but I would. I would like to see them scared by hyenas. Not you know why? It's because you didn't watch The Lion King as an eight year old, and I did. Good point. So this is a, there's a different relationship you develop when you watch it. Like, you know, I get it. I'm sorry that you missed out on that. That's true. Um, 
The one, when, but then you would be my age, and I don't know if you want to be a millennial. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> keep going. I would have missed out on a lot of on a lot of stuff. I would have missed. I would have missed, yeah. missed out on on ska. I would have missed out on Joe uh, Joe Jackson's mm. like be, being mm, able to still like kind of it being a secret in the United States, like Elvis Costello and Joe Jackson. Like, well, what's what's the, what's this stiff records? What is stiff records? Like, oh, I'm about to change <laughs> your world now. First of all. <laughs> You got to go to Newbury Comics. I know you haven't heard of it because there's only one store. It's on Newbury Street, the, the end of Newbury Street that has all the. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like the way we all talk about this, folks, it's like it's clear that Flo and Andy are doing this podcast very late because it's, yes. <laughs> it's just. Uh, anyway, we're, we're enjoying it, though. Uh, but one, one, one bit of trivia that uh, I didn't realize this until I was like writing up the notes for the show. Uh, Judge uh, Meet Meadow, who's who is going to be hearing this this case, has been like his jurisdiction has been one of the jurisdictions jurisdictions for the January 6th insurrectionist. And he recently uh, recently sentenced, gave the harshest sentence of all to one of the promise keepers, 18 years in jail, which also gave him this long, like cinematic ticking off from the bench. It wasn't this. I don't know. I don't know what would hurt more, like as being the defendant, that if, uh, like, if he did what the judge did, which is to say, in this country there is such. Oh God, I would never. I never thought I'd. I'm not quoting him here, but it was like on the tone of, I never thought I'd live long enough that there. I would see actual insurrection, people actually trying to undermine democracy, not in an indirect way, but by actually storming the gates of Congress itself to to do harm. Blah 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 blah. I don't know. At least at least I could feel like you know. Oh yes, yes. Go ahead, establishment pig. I'm I'm the patriot that you fear. <laughs> Maybe it'd be worse if he just like okay and sentencing and he just like sort of turns away to his laptop tap 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 and then like gets out a pen like drops down some numbers and uh a 18 years goodbye <laughs> so so no no pictures i'm i, I don't want to be my, my my next my next part of life is i get to go home and have dinner with my wife and kids don't know what you're going to be doing for the next 18 years probably not as fun because we actually because also we got one of those fire pits and so with the kids like they like to you know sing songs around the fire pit that's what you can do when you're a free person anyway uh <laughs> jesus Keep t- good Don't luck. Good luck speaking. Good good luck. <laughs> keep continue to speak truth to power. Uh-huh. <laughs> See how well that works out for you. Um, okay. We're gonna hit the next one kind of quickly. Uh, this is this yes. is the incognito mode suit, uh, and it was just a trivial thing. This is where this is the one where <laughs> they got a lot of explaining to do. This is this is the one where the, the a five billion dollar lawsuit that, that uh, Google got hit with, uh, basically charged them with being intentionally deceptive when they named the Google Chrome uh, incognito mode, incognito mode, because all, okay, yes. all it does is it means that your activity won't be recorded on the browser so that if you are sharing that browser with other people, they won't know that you're up until 9 a.m. on Internet Archive. <laughs> <laughs> when when you said that oh no honey i was working so oh my goodness so many deadlines right. oh, darn those editors that's why i was up really really late uh and people thinking no no no, this is incognito mode i'm inc- incognito on the internet uh, so uh yeah so they're being sued for, for that kind of thing and uh, google said ah you, judge you wouldn't consider just throwing this whole thing out would you and they said no no i wouldn't see you next month so oh well uh Shall we wrap up with this last piece? I think we're yeah we're doing because it. quite frankly, I'm a little upset that Google has not invited me to sleep here. Uh, we'll we'll, they we'll get have we'll, invited we'll, a bunch of journalists to like come sleep. 
Yeah. Oh, well, let's, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll, we should test, uh, explain to people what we're talking about. So yes. uh, we're now at the part of the work from home experiment where uh, companies <sighs> are now getting increasingly forceful and desperate to get people to yeah. come back to work. To be fair, there's starting to be some unbiased studies that are saying uh, the sweetheart part of this spending three days working at home, two days working in the office are kind of over with. We're starting to get, again, independent people who are not being paid off by big industries are saying uh, a lot of it's not it's not great for everybody. And sometimes it really does cause teamwork and the the ineffable parts of certain jobs to sort of not be done on anyway so google according to cnbc saw an internal document or internal message google is now offering a promotional summer rate that's like it's like their expedia uh, at their on-campus hotel in mountain view for full full-time employees were just so excited about commuting back to mountain view that they, they i'm i would i would go right back to my office uh, google but i'm just so fr- so afraid that i'm going to enjoy working at those fancy new offices so much i will never want to leave and so sundar saying well we've got a solution for you we'll let you stay at our on campus hotel for only 99 dollars a night promotional summer rate and you have to pay for it with your own credit card and no they're not going to reimburse you for it cuz that's like an elective thing uh but uh, so it's the, the CNBC's quoting a lot of the document that they sent to employees and it kind of speaks for itself uh the company said full-time employees can book a room at an on-campus hotel in Mountain View for $99 a night in what it's deeming a quote summer special according to materials viewed by CNBC the description states that the special will run through September 30th and hopes it'll quote make it easier for google's googlers to transition to the hybrid workplace just imagine no commute to the office in the morning and instead you could have an extra hour of sleep and less friction the description reads next you could walk out of your room and quickly grab a delicious breakfast or get a workout in before work starts so yeah, and, and ends with you could enjoy a quiet evening on top of the rooftop deck, or take in one of the fun local activities, okay. this or was be at home with your kids for a single person. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry, this was not written for a person with kids because a like it would be very weird to wake up somewhere. It, it's always weird to wake up somewhere without my kid. Um, you know, she's like a big part of my life. Second of all, this is only fifty dollars cheaper than what like the Redwood City Courtyard Marriott charges hmm. for a night which is it's 150 bucks a night in the off season in silicon valley and you know what i tell you this from firsthand experience because hello i live very far from silicon valley and so i always have to sleep there <laughs> when i have an early morning meeting because there's no way in hell i'm going to sit through that traffic um so i just don't know if i i would want to pay a hundred dollars to Google when I could pay 150 to Marriott and get Marriott points that could count toward another vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about the points, baby. That's how you I get it. That's that's the real wealth for the middle class, okay? That's the only wealth. See, I I I wouldn't <laughs> mind it if I, I don't I don't see it as a I yeah, my person I personally wouldn't necessarily see it as a get you, stop working inside your at your house, work back at the at the office place. I mean there are times where like there there have been times when I have been my I've concluded my business in Boston at like four something, right. and it's like okay I can definitely make the four forty five or five o'clock train yep. home, or I could go home four hours later and just like have dinner and not have to deal with like any of the traffic or any of the right. nonsense like that. If I had if if I had this kind of offer, I'm sure that there would be I would kind of write myself like a ticket for you get twice a month you get to say. 
I'm definitely leaving. It's 5.01 p.m. I am definitely leaving the office right now, mm-hmm. but I just can't handle, like, I, I just want to crash out on a, on, on a bed and watch TV and not have to make my bed and, and be able to sleep until 8.52 nice. in the morning and have an eight-minute commute tomorrow. Uh, I don't, it, but you, you're kind of right about the single people. This is part of, it's, it's kind of a mainstay of Silicon Valley culture, which is you hire people who are not just not simply excited and eager to be working for Google, but are grateful to be working for Google, who that they're easy to manipulate into making their entire lives the Google campus, where this is this is why you can get massages there in, in startups. Like this is why you can get massages here. This is why we have free burrito bars. This is why we have ping pong tables. This is why we will do your laundry for you. This is why we have on-site like dentists and dry cleaners and stuff to make sure that all the time that you would need as personal time to do that, maybe you will spend more hours like actually in the office doing work for us for no extra pay. So, But nobody wants to watch the kids. But nobody wants to watch the kids. Because right. you know it would really help Google if... <laughs> Can't you just can't you just fund some child development center at a nearby university? <laughs> just, and and you know, know what you you could have you could have cameras in there. You could like be training AI models with those kids. They're not gonna you know. with the consent of the parents. Absolutely. Yes. Why wouldn't they consent? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I if they don't know, consent, you know they're disloyal. <laughs> it's a win-win. I mean, technically, I've already trained the Google Photos AI with photos of my daughters. <laughs> what am I talking? Like I kept her off the public internet, but on the private internet, she's in a lot of algorithms, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's, that's the sucky part of being online. Um, But sincerely, I wish that Google would invite some journalists to come stay here because if they could offer me a night for a hundred dollars, yeah. I would come see them a lot more often. That's a much easier sell than 150 plus tax. Because let me tell you, the taxes now, that's where they really get you. So yes, it's like 150 plus tax, but the taxes are like another 50 bucks. So it's actually like 200 plus a night to stay at a Marriott. Is that just the taxes or is that the resort fee? Yeah, it's, well, <laughs> resort fee depends. Like if you're in a place like Vegas, they uh, can get away with that. Right. But in like Santa Clara, it's, you know, it's a city tax. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's, that's absolutely right. It's like, I, I have the same problem with like meetings in New York city. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, 10 AM. It's like, here's, I can, I can make it, but here's what it's going to cost for me. And there, and there is like the earliest Amtrak train will get me there in time, but here's what it's going to cost me like to be there, to, to be on a train at five 30 mm-hmm. in the morning. And it's might cost so much that it's like, and there have, and there have been times where whatever it is that's at 10 and whatever I've got going after it, it was important enough that okay, I really am going to spend $208 <laughs> plus my Amtrak fees because I'm going to need a hotel like that night before. But, oh my goodness. It's like, if if they, I don't, I don't know how they would solve that problem. But yeah, if they, if I had the ability, if, if they basically said, here's the rack rate for journalists for one night and if only if you have like a, if, if only if you have a pass from like someone who's like, here's why, here's what we're meeting for. Here's what we're doing. Yes, he's paying for it himself, but yes, he deserves to have like the, the room rate. I would much rather sleep. <laughs> I would much rather. You, you want to talk to me if I've had, if I've woken up a half hour before the meeting, as opposed to I've been awake since 9 p.m. the night before. Or as opposed to I just sat through three hours of bumper to bumper traffic because oh, it was God. the only way that I could get here. Because that's what it's like here. It's the worst commute, even with the express lane. It's it's this is what happens when you have car centric culture. 
Anyway, yeah. anyway, I wonder if they're going to, by the way, rent it to NASA folks. For what? Because it says that the hotel, the Google Hotel is adjacent to NASA's NASA's Ames Research Center oh, and can point. house 4,000 employees. Hmm. That's interesting. Is it, is, yeah. Have you ever stayed there? Do you, do you know if it's like a halfway nice hotel or is it a? No. Well, apparently it's on the new Google campus that they opened earlier okay, this so year it's... in Mountain View. And I'm assuming it's probably not, it's probably brand new, but it's probably in an empty area because Mountain View, a lot of people don't realize is actually a very like scarce place where yeah. there's like a cluster of like McMansions and then just sprawled out industry. Um, interesting. Hmm. This is very interesting. <laughs> I wonder what the so the tourist season is mostly. There is a eight day period in which there's apricots for sale at road stands. Other than that, it's mostly people coming in for meetings. Yeah, it is mostly people coming in for meetings. <sighs> ah, well, okay. Well, we're gonna call that a show. Uh, we are. We've. I, I thought this was a pretty good one. Again, we're both. We're again. We're. I'm gonna put more presence on my microphone because once again it is now 10 minutes well, to yeah, I mean, 1 a.m on the hour my daughter is asleep i hope she's asleep <laughs> i heard her really fighting for a bath oh wow earlier she's really fighting it good hope, for her the mic didn't pick it out she's been fighting us a lot she doesn't want to wear shoes anymore wants it wants content contact with gaia with mother earth again her mm -hmm. loyalties are, are well placed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's an Aquarius. She's a water carrier. So, you know. <laughs> well done. Well, uh, so uh, <laughs> so you actually, you just started posting to Gizmodo again because you're, you're back on the clock. I'm back at work. Yes. You can go to flowrights.tech to see all the stuff that I've been writing. Um, I've been a little slow, as you know. I did just have three months off. You're My ramping back up. Right. Not on work. Um, but eventually you will be seeing some more Z Fold coverage for me. So I'm really getting in with the foldables right now. Uh, and don't forget that I'm on Blue Sky, Threads, Instagram, TikTok, and regrettably, I still post once in a while to Twitter because I'll just go there and post something and all of a sudden it gets a bunch of views. I know. I'm in the same sort of boat. It's like, I, 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 I of all of them, I like Blue Sky the most. But it's like, wow, here's something that not only not only was it clever but and witty, yeah. but it's useful. It's like, hey, two people have favorited it. Whereas I, like, I can go on I can go on Twitter or even threads and say, I don't wow, this chair is kind of wobbly and like 80 retweets, 2,000 likes. And it's like I keep reminding myself, it's not important. No, no, no. You're not you're not an influencer. It doesn't matter. But still it's like, oh, look, people validation from the us. outside. Uh you can uh, if you can spell my last name, you can uh, find me on on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the Instagram, on the blue sky, on the threads. Uh, <laughs> and uh <laughs> uh and which you'll basically see I, I'm voting by my posts on like what I like about each one. You can also go to uh WGBHnews.org to listen to my mostly weekly, sometimes semi-weekly this month unfortunately we're i've been preempted like twice by like scheduled like weeks off that i'm gonna schedule so i'm only on like next week but i will i will make it work i will make sure that whatever lawsuits i would be would have gotten with a month's worth of broadcast i will get with everything i say in this one thing so be there it might very well be my last show thank you everybody so much for listening uh, once again one, one last uh, one last uh, uh, appeal or at least validation for uh, memberships go to uh, relay.fm slash material if you want to sign up again we're about to re record our members only episode we're doing those every single week and they're they're equally these 
15, 20 minute shows are equally as fun as the hour, uh, an hour and 10 minute long main episodes we do. And again, thank you so much for supporting us. But again, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening to us this time. We hope you'll be listening to us again next week. Until then, everybody, please have a happy, safe, and healthy seven days. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.